I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I'm coming to you locked down again from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Joining me on the other line, also locked down from Satellite Branch in Scenic Hamilton, it's your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. Boo! 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 That's not for me. That's for the lockdown. Fucking clowns. Well, actually... I'm happy we're locked down because it means most people will be safer because people are dumb. Oh, you'd think. I'm sure we'll have stories in a moment. Friends, this is episode 238 of the Geek Down Podcast. If you would like to listen to any of our other 237 episodes, you just go wherever you get your audio content. Google, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Give us a like, follow, subscribe, thumbs up, rate and review. Henceforth, new episodes of this program will be delivered to your device from a man who just gets to flip between the gray to the red to the white zones. I don't even know what all of the zones are in this godforsaken province, but he gets to traverse between all of them because he's above your heads on the back of a rainbow main alicorn named Philip, just sprinkling new episodes of this program directly to your device. It's your man's. Chauncey Frostelicus III, Geek Down Internet Elf, oh, and my- Vaccination Clinic Assistant. Well, he's going to be coming to my area soon, because guess who lives in a hot spot? Catch me at the hot spot. <laughs> that's, that's what everyone was looking beep, 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 beep. <laughs> for their, the first three uh, digits of their postal code, being like, am I on the list? Am I on the list? Friend, friends, we don't take for granted that not everyone who listens to the show lives in Ontario. We'll get into more detail in a moment. If you want to let us know where you're listening from, or if you're in a hot spot... Maybe I'll see you out there in these Vax Clinic lineups. You can get us at twitter.com slash geekdownpod. That is where the show lives on the social media. It's is the only place we live because Facebook is bleh. <sighs> I'm, I, I'm wondering what people are going to transfer over to because this can't last, right? The what? Just the general? They're all on TikTok now. Like, we need to be on TikTok. I don't want to be on TikTok. I don't want to be on TikTok either. So <laughs> here's where we find ourselves. <laughs> With the rest of the olds over on Twitter. We'll just, yeah, we'll just stay on Twitter. It's fine. I could fire up the Instagram again, I guess. Maybe. I guess. I guess. <laughs> Me. Me. <laughs> I'm old. Get off my lawn. Uh, don't twitch. We gotta start twitch streaming. The homie Trebs. <laughs> gotta, become, gotta become an affiliate. Friends, if you want to uh, donate to our future as Twitch streamers so we can uh, commission custom emotes, I mean, don't, because we're never going to do that. No, it's never going to happen. We don't have that that kind of time, and I don't DJ enough. But if you appreciate what we bring to you every week, you can always buy us a coffee, because Lord knows we're not going out for one at ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod. Chip us three bucks. We would appreciate it, as we always do. And maybe, maybe soon... Who knows? We'll be in a position where we can start doing in-person episodes again, and maybe we can start doing bonus content, which would justify the relaunch of the Patreon campaign. <gasps> not saying. Not promising anything. Oh. But it could happen. But it could it happen. It could happen. Now. So, friends, as said, um, Caitlin and I 
both reside in the province of Ontario here in Canada, which has um, started out okay, felt like, in this pandemic yeah. life. I think we, we actually, so we have a conservative premier at, at the moment. And, and as, in, as in party affiliation. The party affiliation yes. is, he's the, it's the Canadian version of a Republican, basically. Yes, and we always get very concerned when that happens. They cut a lot of uh, public things. Uh, they cut, uh, you know, money for hospitals and schools, and it's and they just think of, they just want, yeah, they just want give to give money to give big businesses, and that's that's about it. Um, there's other stuff there, but that's basically the the concern. So when it also, started, no, you also we also need to point out. And to people that the current conservative premier of Ontario is a man named Doug Ford, who is the brother of the late Rob Ford, the uh, crack smoking mayor of Toronto. Yes. If and you remember both that. Of them, and both of them were huge bullies in school and drug pushers. So there is some Alleg- concern. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly yeah. Um, so there was a lot of concern. So despite having nothing in common politically with the man, I, at the time, this time last year, last year, I was rather impressed with the way he conducted himself. Yes. Had no and so problem, was I. Had no problem with locking things down, said, we got to, we got to put people's health first. We got to yep. get ahead of this thing. So, you know, let's work together. Let's uh, no, no evictions right now. We have a moratorium on evictions and rent increases and stuff like that. And, you know cool and i was like cool let's just ride this out we're all just gonna lock down and and behave and we will get through this now canada as a whole has had a lackluster vaccine rollout across the board yes my hot take which i don't know if caitlin was fully ready for when i dropped it on her but which i've been saying to people recently the old shouldn't have gotten it first what 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 i understand they're very vulnerable I understand long-term care homes in this country, especially, I don't know how it was where you live, but here retirement homes, care facilities were a nightmare, just outbreaks all over the place. Cool. They had to get out front first and they had to get vaccinated first. I get that. My parents are both around 70. My dad's 70. My mother is just, just almost there. Mm-hmm. They have both been vaccinated. They are retirees. They didn't go anywhere to begin with. Yeah. You know who does go somewhere all the time? Me. I was like, is it you? Because I have to. Because five times a week, I have to go both ways on a tin can of death <laughs> to my job. Yeah, where people cough in their hand. They take their mask off, cough in their hand, and put their hand on the pole. I've seen it happen. So basically, the the frustration lately among the populace has been related to Canada's vaccine rollout, which is largely due to the fact that we don't make anything here and we have to get our shit from other places. And I know that makes me sound like someone who would vote for for Doug Ford, but <laughs> I was talking to Mr. Malash the other day, and it's like we really what well, we've we've really just turned into old men who complain about politicians now because it was just like we don't make anything in this country anymore. Um, I don't care what wow. we make. Just could you make vaccines, please? Could you make them here? <laughs> Fucking every every chemical company in Japan was able to uh, fabricate coolant to freeze Godzilla within days, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we can't get we can't get vaccines rolled out. It's um, ridiculous. And that's basically the the administration of vaccines has not been moving at a pace that they would probably like, clearly, because they seem to have been playing chicken with the vaccine rollout to avoid a lockdown again. 
I said the other yeah. week on this show that like, it just seemed like, you know, when you're on the car and you're sputtering and it's like, you got a tank of gas at home and you pass a gas station and it's like, nah, I could probably make it home. That's, <laughs> that's kind of yeah. what they tried. And the car ran out of gas and <laughs> as a province. And then you had to call a person and it was really embarrassing and took like so much longer to get home. So despite coming out of a lockdown about a month ago, we have now gone back into a lockdown, stay at home order, all that business, all non-essential retail closed again for the third time. I think I read that Ontario has had the longest lockdown in the world, basically. Other places have eased and gone back, but I mean, total time spent in lockdown over the past 365 days, Ontario is way Way up there. And it is Doug Ford's uh, disappointed dad shtick that he likes to do. Oh, God. When he comes out and gives a gives a presser and he's like, folks, we just can't. We can't carry on the way we're doing. We got to do better. I will turn this province around. <laughs> uh, and we won't go to Disney World. <laughs> like, l- literally, it worked out so well. I was, like, doing laundry the day before, you know, he was coming out. And he always, the other thing you need to appreciate about Doug Ford, he never just says what's going to happen. He always, he's like, he thinks he's fucking like Vince McMahon. Like he comes out and he's like, oh, stay tuned. Like before this <laughs> lockdown, he tried something called the emergency break. It was like Vince McMahon trying to brand the Thunderdome as the like place where they like film wrestling now. Like the emergency uh-huh. break. We're going to put the emergency break on. And all you basically did there was get rid of, you know, patios. You open patios for like a week. So all the restaurant industry had to like react to that on a dime and buy all this food. That's now going to go bad because a week later you shut them down. Yeah. That was the emergency break, but I still went to work. It's so, but I don't, no, I do understand it, but it makes me very frustrated is that we know the things that are spreading COVID, like the activities that are high on the list. And yet... They refuse to find people, and I don't understand. First of all, we have to make up money. Like we're everyone is everyone is in debt right now, but I just feel like how could you be like, oh well, it's these gatherings, it's having familial or friend gatherings, game nights, pub nights, whatever, and you're refusing to to find people. I'm like, no. Find them to high heaven. As someone who hasn't been anywhere, really, unless you count work once a week, I'm not. I'm not going to to game night. And it's also I'm not having like like family gatherings. Like I expect them to find them hundreds of dollars because you're being an idiot. And it's also the like I said. It's also the now we're at the point where like. Why are you still going on this like reverse age order for rolling out vaccines when you know the outbreaks are in places like manufacturing plants, Amazon warehouses, essential workers. That's the push now that they're screaming for is like, why are you not getting jabs into essential workers? You got the health industry, but now where it's spreading the most, you're not distributing the vaccines. You're giving them to people who are just old and get to because they're old. Yeah. You know, a 55 year old finance bro who lives in Mount Pleasant He's got a jab, but some grocery store worker who lives at Jane and Finch doesn't. How does that make any fucking sense? Like you're not stemming the transmission. You're not doing anything to curb the spread at that point. And that's what people are screaming about. But when you try to point, when journalists try to point that out to Dofo on some, like, do you regret getting rid of paid sick days? He'll be like, well, we got to all this negativity. 
folks, you really gotta, really gotta take a break from the negativity. Motherfucker, people are dying. That's about <laughs> as negative as a thing, outcome as I can think of. Yeah. So that's where we find ourselves at now, friends. Basically, the exact same place we found ourselves. <laughs> a year ago. One year ago. And what's amazing is I was talking to uh, one of my coworkers, a major Canadian retailer, and saying how, like, you know, it's really, you know, I think we felt like, we felt like it was coming. It really felt like there was a huge, like, like I said, they've been playing chicken. They've been trying to avoid this. I think they thought they could write it out and not have to lock everything down to the degree it is again. But it was really feeling when the school board started doing their own thing, going off book and basically like, eh, eh. yeah. And the school board, the infamous clip that made its way throughout uh, Ontario social media was the like CP 24 news uh, network of like Ford giving a speech. And the Chiron says Ford says schools are safe. And underneath is the ticker saying the TDSB was shutting down all the schools. <laughs> yep. The scientists were like, just FYI, children are a vector of disease. They're like, like, they're like <laughs> pigeons. They're literal pigeons. They're just spreading shit all over the place. <laughs> and, but, you know, they wanted to try to ride that out. Again, it's playing chicken again. You thought you could ride it out to when you had scheduled the spring break. You could just get them to spring break and then have them not come back if you had to. But you thought you could ride it out. But you couldn't. Anyway, friends, all that is to say... There is some good news on the horizon. <laughs> they seem to be starting to uh, prioritize the areas that seem to be hardest hit. I was not thrilled to discover that I live in a hot zone. <laughs> but we already knew you did. Not, I, checked, I checked map data earlier on, like maybe a few months ago. And it didn't seem, I was not the darkest, my area was not the darkest shade of blue at the time. But, I mean, for whatever reason... I don't know what the case rate is in my area or what, but I mean, hey, it means it means the old shop bus going to be coming through any day now, and your man's is going to get jabbed up. What's the forecast for you like? Any idea? So I am one letter off from living in a hot zone, mm. which makes sense. I because uh, so there, I've talked about it before, but there are basically four parts of the mountain or four parts of ha Hamilton. Um, uh, it's like downtown Hamilton, Stony Creek and Castor and the mountain. Uh, there are kind of other pockets of places and um, Hamilton is kind of like Toronto and that it's like the uh, Hamilton area, which involves more places uh, like Waterdown and there's other little pockets of places, but that's really sort of the main four. Um, oh, sorry, Ancaster, Dundas is another one. Uh, but basically, Hamilton, besides Hamilton downtown, Hamilton on the mountain is pretty spread out. So I was really interested to find out that the two, I think, hotspots are on the mountain. I am one letter away from one of them. I don't, I don't actually know exactly where it is. I was very surprised to find that out. But the houses are pretty spread out. There aren't a lot of things close by. Um, anyone who lives in, in like deep Scarborough knows what I'm talking about. It's like, you can get to a place with like a two minute drive or it takes like a 20 to half an hour bus ride, mm. like 20 minute to half an hour bus ride. Like it, it's, there, nothing is really close. So 
understandably, we don't have as many cases because people aren't interacting as much. Um, uh, Hamilton is considered, though, like a, a hospital town. Like, it's got McMaster and McMaster Children's Hospital. So there are some – it might have something to do with that, maybe. Not positive. Um, because of my age, my health, the fact that I, I go into work, like, once a week and could – just not go into work indefinitely, which is happening right now with the lockdown. I am like, there's like 20 million people in front of me. You are, you are low priority at the moment. I'm like so low. Like they have those sites where you can put in all your information yeah, yeah. and like your postal code and it'll tell you what number you are. Um, and it's, it's something along those lines. So yeah, it's like, I think I was like 20 or 24 million people in front of me. That, I mean, this was a couple months ago, so maybe it's changed. But yes, I'm very, very low priority, which I'm fine with because I don't need to go anywhere. Do I want to go places? Of course I want to go places. Who doesn't? Oh, that was, that was a great week, Kate. That was a great few weeks of going places. I, I haven't. We've talked about this. I've just been pretending that it's just been a lockdown the whole time. Actually, the one hard thing is we had been going on more. There are a lot of, like, nature reserves and stuff in and around Hamilton, which is one of the things I really like about it. They've been at at capacity for, like, the last couple weeks. The nature because, walks? Yeah, the, the, because they can only have, like, who, their paths. Who their paths that? that? Um, Hamilton Conservation, Hamilton Hamilton Cons- Conservation Authority, All right. something like that. They got a doorman um, on the trail, or? Well, no, they have they have like park ranger type people. Oh my God, do they have hats? And the, pro- Caitlin, do and they the have problem hats? is, do they have hats, Caitlin? I don't know. I've never seen them. They probably have. They probably have caps. Yes, <laughs> and they probably have little either vests or like they look like um. Archaeologists, probably. Amazing. Uh, or zookeepers. This is what I'm <laughs> guessing. I've painted a picture now. All right? <laughs> they've got hats. They've got little vests. They have everything they need. Flashlight, gloves, mm. something to pick up garbage. Anyway, so what the problem is, is on a, on, especially when it first happened a year ago, and we started going to um, uh, conservation areas more, people would not social distance. They'd be like, fuck it, I'm outside. I'm going to cough in your face. <laughs> and they're like, no, we can't have that. Uh, so they're being very strict about capacity. Usually they don't care. They're like, whatever, go go at it. But uh, And a couple times they've actually shut them down when we've spiked really high in Hamilton because they don't want people making each other sick. So, yeah, but right now they're sort of at capacity. Last weekend – they were like, do not come. We are at capacity. Don't show up. Um, yeah. So, good times. Well, all right. So, hopefully. Who knows? The way things are going, we, Caitlin and I will both get uh, vexed up and, you know, in a position to be in the same room together uh, maybe sometime around July when we go on hiatus. So, <laughs> I think it's going to be after that. I don't think I'm going to get vaccinated until September. Really? Well, because this was there, so I don't know what it's like in your area, listeners. I don't know if they've ch- told everyone their their rollout plans, but Ontario, there was a three-stage rollout plan. Uh, and second stage was supposed to start happening soon or has started happening. Um, third stage is supposed to happen sometime in July, which is supposed to be me and every other schmuck. I don't think 
they I mean they haven't even given most eighty year olds their second dose. I saw the way the, friends, if you really want to sum it up, I saw a tweet this morning actually that was you know that picture of uh, you know big boat, the homie big boat in the Suez. Yeah. And the little uh the little backhoe that was trying to like dig it out. <laughs> yeah. Big boat was every American on my timeline getting vaccinated and little backhoe was Doug Ford announcing an announcement to stay tuned. Oh that's gosh. that's what our life that's what our lives in Ontario has felt have felt like. Like I thought we were supposed to be the enviable healthcare system. <laughs> the Americans looked at us and went like Yeah, but there are more Americans. So it it yeah, technically more Americans per um, look, well, it's more Americans than Canadians per, like, we'll just say week or day get vaccinated, but it's the percentage of the country. Meanwhile, Justin's out here, like, shaking down India for doses. <laughs> Fuck. Anyway, friends, there are some minor things in the news world out there. Uh, we're just going to hit them up briefly, I guess. A few items from the Eat Dicks file. Eat dicks, Star Wars chuds, as always, as ever. What are they doing now? Full buffet of dicks for Star Wars chuds. Uh, it was recently announced and confirmed by Lucasfilm this week that uh, two characters in the High Republic franchise. This is the yeah. This is the uh, what was previously known as the Old Republic, but as Caitlin always points out, they didn't call it the Old Republic when they were in the Old Republic. They called it the High. I mean, Re- it's the same as calling World War One while being in World War One. You got to be a real pessimist for that. Well, life is real crazy here in World War One. It's like, Jimmy, <laughs> we live here. What are you talking about? Um, confirmed by Lucasfilm that two Jedi uh, from the comic, The High Republic, uh, forget the pronunciation, Serret and Tarek. They are two twins. They are Kotabi Jedi. They were confirmed this week as being trans non-binary characters. The Chuds are, as to be expected, less than pleased. Oh, God, who cares? But, as said at the top, they can eat dicks. Yeah, and we know that they like to eat dicks, so. Boy, do they. Ch- nothing a chud loves more than just sitting down to a steaming plate of dicks and just helping themselves. Yeah. I think a chud's dream is probably uh, sitting down to an all-you-can-eat dick buffet with, like, Ethan Van Shiver and... <laughs> <laughs> just him. <laughs> probably just him. Just him, yeah. You know, you know that weird thing where you eat sushi off a girl? That's what that's what chuds want. They want to eat dicks off of Ethan Van Shiver. <laughs> wow. Love it. Uh a quick hit from quick eat dick file number one. Eat dicks for Joss Whedon. Never thought we'd find ourselves here, Kate. I think if you where? had told telling Joss Whedon to eat dicks. I think if you had told oh, me Oh no, I've been telling Joss Whedon to eat dicks for years. I think if you had told me circa Astonishing X-Men run that we'd be telling Joss Whedon to eat dicks, I'd be like, Joss Whedon, he's, oh. he's so nice. Turns out he's that nice. You know, that nice? He's that kind yeah. of nice. On the story that never ends, that being uh, the Joss Whedon version of the Justice League movie, another story came out, or a fuller story, I believe it was in The Hollywood Reporter, uh, further chronicling the way Joss Whedon uh, comported himself on the set of the Justice League uh, and just, you know, not quite getting it, not listening to, I mean, I think the Mary Sue headline on this story was like, everyone had a million chances to listen to Ray Fisher and no one did. Um, right. 
but then your boy Joss also allegedly, 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 uh, got some bass in his voice to the homie Gal Gadot. And not that Gal Gadot always bats a thousand, lest we forget the Imagine video from this time last year. Right. But that's fucking Wonder Woman. Take that Wonder bass, Woman. Take that bass out of your voice when you talk to Wonder Woman. And apparently he was shit talking like Patty Jenkins on set and like threatening Gal's career if she didn't do what he thought she should do and blah, blah, blah. And just ultimately behaving like a... <laughs> like the dicks that he can eat right now. Um, I mean, I'm familiar with the charisma carpenter stuff. Yeah. That goes back to just that. Or like, if you, if you, <laughs> what was the recent one lately? It's like, cause he, all of the, the theory is that he always puts himself or an avatar for himself into everything he writes. And that I have not seen, I've really only watched Buffy like once. And even then it was only like later seasons, like post angel seasons. Oh, that's too bad. Um, but a recent tweet thread I saw in light of all this was that, like, every time you watch Buffy, allegedly Xander gets way worse <laughs> every time you watch oh. Buffy as a, like, behavior. Huh. Or his, like, nice guy shtick. I don't know. Like I said, I haven't seen it in a long ass time. But, yeah, yelling about how he didn't take notes from anybody. You know, Ray Fisher or Gal Gadot would try to talk to him about, allegedly, try to talk to him about things they were being asked to do or if they didn't think it fit from their characters, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, I don't take notes from anybody, not even Robert Downey Jr. Wow. What an asshole. Yeah. You can't, you can't be that much of a dick with that hairline. Like you just can't (laughs) as a man with a similar hairline. I know your dickishness can only go so far when you have that hairline. Only so much you can do. Anyway, dicks to Joss Whedon. I believe that's it for the dick file. If you have, I mean, y'all, if we're missing things from the eat dicks file, this is a new feature. I've just come up off the dome. here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> on the Geek Down. <laughs> if you know anybody else there who needs to eat dicks, you can hit us up at Geek Down Pod on Twitter and let us know. But I think that's that's all I saw really for, for newsy news out there. And we know we took a week off last week, so we probably have ample things to talk about. RE updates. Mm. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't or, be so sure about or, that, Jordan. Or nah. <laughs> Kate, you got so, nothing for me? You got nothing for me, Caitlin? This is... This is, I, I warned you, I have been telling every, anyone who will listen that it is end of fiscal year. I don't do anything but work. And yet people are like, hey, you want to like get together for this thing online? No, I fucking don't. I want to go to sleep because all I do is work right now. I work. I work late. I work weird hours. I look at spreadsheets and numbers and invoices all day, and it is exhausting. And then I don't get to go anywhere. So, no, I don't want to do the thing that you would like me to do. So nicely, go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I I just want to heat up food in the microwave, have some tea, and go sleep. Or, this being my only update, watch Criminal Minds. You hate Criminal Minds, though. You shit talk Criminal Minds every time you it come is, on this podcast. So why do you keep tra- watching it? Because it's trash. You watch so much fucking trash. You are the trash gobbler, my friend. How dare you. Do not. How <laughs> dare you. Do not criticize. I, sometimes you need garbage. Some people watch the Kardashian show. I don't know what's called. Keeping up with Kardashians? Or they watch she Bachelor. Know, she, don't, she don't know what it's called, though. <laughs> Well, because I don't watch it. I watch Criminal Minds. I watch a murder show. That is, I watch a trash murder show, which I don't need to pay attention to, which I can leave the room to get more tea. 
or snacks or text or play Sudoku. Like I, I just, I need a show that is entertaining, but my brain doesn't need to think about it. And that's what Criminal Minds is for. So no, I don't have any updates. No I feel like updates. I, I feel like I might have watched a movie, but it doesn't matter. It's been, it's been overwritten by Criminal Minds. <laughs> Well, then I guess I'll burn through mine here. Um, well, friends, we're not talking about Falcon and Win because Kate needs to, uh, she is saving it all to binge at a later date. Although I am going to say, the only thing I'm going to say about Falcon and Win is I don't think it has the, like, uh, that Dorito factor that WandaVision did. Where, like, it's right. like, I can't wait to see what happens next. They always kind of end on a, maybe this one from this week. Was like a type of moment, but I mean, I have not noticed any. I frankly, I forget they have uploaded until I fire up my PlayStation <laughs> and I go to start watching. You know, the voice actor fan subs on YouTube, but uh, the the feature tile on the bottom is always like <laughs> new episode Falcon and Winter Soldier, and I'm like, oh right, yeah, I guess I'll watch that. It's fine. It's fun. Like I said, I've said previously, it's a six hour, nine hour, whatever version they're doing. Of a B-level Marvel movie, you know, it's like it's like a solid Ant Man. It's like a it's like a Winter Soldier type of movie. Right. Um, hence, hence the name. Um, and you know, it's going interesting places here now. <laughs> I didn't know if they were going to back away from this completely. Um, and I've seen criticism about this, where like you know, the villain is essentially you have to make them do something out of character on the violent side to then make them a bad guy. <laughs> Otherwise. It becomes, you start thinking like, wait, they're just like stealing medicine and helping displaced people. <laughs> why, why is that bad? <laughs> they're not respecting America. Um, so you have to have them like blow up a hospital or some shit. <laughs> Cause it's the only language, yeah. it's the only language they understand. It's like, oh, I get it. She's evil now. Um, <laughs> I guess it's okay to punch her. Anyway, it's not, I saw I heard that maybe people were trying to say, like, it's now getting to the point where, like, it's firing up the conspiracy theories. No, this is not going to have a wand of it. Nobody's going to give a shit who the power broker is. You know, this is like the one mystery he gets mentioned a few times. You know, the, the criminal lord of Madripoor. Um, it's like, do, do we need to know who the power broker is? Who's the power broker? Watch my 37-minute uh, YouTube video about who the power <laughs> broker is. No, I'm not going to do any of that because it doesn't fucking matter. No, we don't care. Punchy, punchy. Punchy, punchy banter. Anthony Mackie. <laughs> That's... <laughs> Anthony Mackie being dope, punchy, punchy. That's what Falcon and Winter Soldier is. Um, and that's sometimes all we need. It's kind of all I need. I sit down, I watch it, I don't think, I have a good time. That's basically what Marvel is. It's when all y'all get out there and try to talk about it, it's the pinnacle of cinema that I go, slow your roll a little bit. Oh. Slow your roll a yeah, little bit. Yeah, no. Yeah. Watch, watch something. Watch something and maybe don't eat so many dicks. <laughs> Take a break. <laughs> from shoving dicks in your mouth. <laughs> Uh, friends, don't you love it when we stumble under something that <laughs> amuses us probably more than it amuses anyone else listening? <laughs> uh, something that did not eat dicks. Moving over to the literary side of the fence. I finished uh, when the coffee, before the coffee gets cold, by the time the coffee gets cold, whatever that book I was reading was. Um, but the time traveling said it felt and? like an, it's going to make a wonderful Netflix series when it inevitably becomes a Japanese Netflix series. <laughs> um, Amazing. It, uh, like I said, had this crazy amount of Death Note caliber rules regarding the time travel aspects of it. But I mean, 
when it starts throwing in wrinkles like you could go forward too or Ooh. um when people come back to the present because it focuses kind of around the staff and the people who are always there um and you know when the staff is just chilling there and zoom, somebody comes back and it's told from the perspective of the people who are in the present instead of the person who's gone back to the past type of thing i guess like it tweaks right. those things a little bit and it's very kind of episodic and sad by the end of it um because you have a woman who's pregnant who you know is going to die and this girl randomly comes back to the present and it becomes clear very quickly that this is her daughter from the future who's come back to see her um, <laughs> for a couple seconds and then she decides she's going to go to the future to try to meet her because she's weak constitution or whatever and she knows she probably won't survive childbirth. Um, and, you know, just the way it was executed was very sweet and it was very very sad and bittersweet in that way that Japanese stuff can often be, but it was very good. And I enjoyed, I enjoyed my time with the book. Hi, hi Reco. Um, moving on next to what they apparently are calling a contemporary Japanese feminist classic breasts and eggs. <laughs> by oh, Mieko Kawakami. Um, who apparently I went to learn more about her. I just always liked the idea of the book or the synopsis of the book. Um, and was waiting for it to come out in paperback, and it finally did. And then I went to learn more about Kawakami and was, like, read a Guardian article about her. And because I knew the homie Murakami, who also has a uh, short story collection out, and I always fucks with Haruki's short stories way more than his novels. So probably be copping that one soon. Um, he's very much championed her work. Um, when he – there's a Penguin collection of Japanese short stories. He put one of her works in there. I actually really like that. Um, and when they did a panel together, <laughs> he was like introducing her and bigging her up. And she basically got out there and was like, why do all your women suck in your books? <laughs> nice. Oh, I love it when they call shit out. Makes me so happy. And I mean, you know, it, and, and again, in the most Japanese way possible, right? Like <laughs> all very polite. He's from reading the article. It seems like he was a little taken aback. Um, Cause to his mind, he doesn't, he doesn't really view his characters as individuals in the first place. Like, how did he phrase it? He doesn't like individualistic characters. Um, mm. He just likes to place them in like the context of history and memory and whatever, blah, 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 author bullshit. Um, <laughs> and she came, she came out of it. So I'm like, yeah, oh, I still really like, I still really like his stuff, but I mean, it's, I, I had to say it like, <laughs> um, so I'm excited to get, I'll probably get into that today. Actually, when I hop on that go train to go see someone cute this afternoon. Um, See, you do get to go places. Because well, I'm, uh, I live alone, and I'm going to <laughs> a place that only has one person and a dog. So, I think that's. I just. I think it's nice. <laughs> Stop. Um, <laughs> a weird, a weird rabbit hole I went down. I was on Amazon to watch the thing that we're going to talk about in the back half, and mm -hmm. started futzing around Amazon. Because I know they have weird old anime on Amazon. And I went back looking and I saw, I started, I got to the Lupin section basically. Lupin the Third, we've talked yep. about on the show before. Your man's is a fan. Um, and they had the first first. Yeah, Lupin, I saw that. Like from 71. Yeah. Now, I didn't get very far. Because I was like, well, let me check out. I've never seen, I've never seen the first episode of Lupin the Third. Let me, let me check that out. A big appeal for me for Lupin the Third is the music by Yuji Ono. It's very much. 
you want to know why I am this way? <laughs> it's because of Lupin the Third soundtracks. <laughs> because I bought a Lupin the Third soundtrack on vinyl, and my head exploded, and I was like, I want music like this all the time in my life. So I fired up that first episode of Lupin the Third, and uh, was surprised to realize Eugiono did not do the music for that season. Uh-huh. And now I would like to perform for you the opening theme to Lupin the Third, nineteen seventy-one. Oh no, okay. Lupin's a third. Lupin's a third. Lupin, 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 Lupin. It's That was the whole thing. Terrible king. It's so bad. Oh my god. I was like gobsmacked. I was like, how is this happening? Oh, so I didn't get very far in that. And I said, let me cleanse this from my life immediately and hop to Lupin the Third Part 5, which is the last one they did most recently. I only got one episode in because I was very tired. But it's, uh, I don't know when this came out, probably in the last year or two. Um, the Lupin series lately have been kind of like set in uh, different European countries. I know the first kind of, when they started doing shows again, the first one was in Italy and now this one is in France. And... The setup is kind of interesting. Uh, Lupin discovered the internet, and he's basically trying to, like, steal bitcoins <laughs> and such. Um, but the people who he's, like, robbing from or stealing have basically now set up this thing called uh, the Lupin game, which is basically a social media game, and everybody's playing it. And so how do you, uh, you know, how does the greatest thief in the world become invisible when everyone on Earth is, like, chronicling every time they see him? Like, Right. So that's an interesting wrinkle if you try to take this very 70s this very 70s 80s type of character and bring him into <laughs> the actual version of reality that we live in with social media and cell phones and all that type of stuff so i'm interested to see how that uh, is going to shake out for a few more episodes and the the bizarre thing that i just i don't know why i don't know why i've done it before and i've always been like when i do but i Every once in a while, every year or so, I end up going back to it. Kate, I watch way too much Curb Your Enthusiasm this week. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. The show that people think I will like, but I insist oh, I know no. I will not. Oh, no. You will hate it. Mm-hmm. Because he is repellent. That is the jam. Uh, why would anybody suggest that you would like it? <laughs> I have a couple of people have been like, oh, don't you like, like, I thought you would really like that show. And I'd be like, nah. As someone who, yeah, hates uh, awkward comedy, <laughs> no, this is not the not jam for you. I think I dipped back because I knew there was an, a season where he was in New, back in New York. And I felt that the Larry Davidness of it would feel better in New York, I guess. <laughs> like... Like, the very slow L.A. vibe, Southern California vibe that the show tends to have is just not my energy and I don't like. Um, in New York, it was marginally better, uh, if you want to know everything. If you've never seen Curb Your Enthusiasm, which I guess is possible for people listening to this show, it's basically done by Larry David, who was the co-creator of Seinfeld, and it's basically Seinfeld Part 2. If you miss that type of humor, dealing with, like, the minutiae of... <laughs> the minute absurdities of life, then it certainly scratches that itch, but it's also basically all George all the time. Because yeah. George Costanza was based on Larry David. But it's, and it's also done in a way which is, it's filmed in a way where basically they just have the story beats down, but the actual like conversations and performances are all improv. 
Um, right. Which can be interesting as well. And you can see the parts, you know, you can see the moments where they're like, they're reacting to something they didn't expect to come out from somebody's mouth. Like they kind of break a little bit sometimes and that can be amusing. <laughs> um, and the New York season also has the infamous Michael J. Fox episode, which I never actually seen in its entirety. Oh, what's the infamous, infamous Michael J. Fox episode? It's just hysterical. It's basically, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm episodes are also kind of masterclasses in like plotting which is kind of what I appreciate for them. Like they always come full circle. Right. They always come full circle. So Larry basically goes to New York to avoid having to perform at a children's charity. <laughs> he keeps lying to this oh guy gosh. and saying he can't do it because he's going to be in New York, but then he keeps getting caught in California. So basically he has to flee <laughs> LA to go to New York because he doesn't want to perform at this thing. Um, and he's dating this woman who's a pianist in a bar, but like for background music. Right. Um, and Larry's getting really offended that nobody's paying attention to her. And Michael J. Fox comes in and they kind of wave at each other. And then, but Michael J. Fox is talking to the people he's with and Larry shushes him. <laughs> and so then they say, hello, you know, whatever. And then as Michael J. Fox leaves, he turns back to look at Larry and appears to give him like a disappointed, like pissed off head shake. Yeah. And people are like, you know, he has Parkinson's, right? Like he probably wasn't shaking his head at you. And it's like, I don't, I don't know. Seemed like he was... <laughs> Seemed like he was annoyed. And then later on, you know, he basically just, he gets into this like passive aggressive war with Michael J. Fox, who he finds out was living above him. Um, and right. every time he thinks he, every time he takes offense at something, it's like, but you know, he has Parkinson's. <laughs> Whether it's like, you know, he, Michael J. Fox hands him a soda and it explodes on him. He's like, did you shake that? <laughs> like, Michael J. Fox is like Parkinson's. Like, what are you, what are you going to do? <laughs> Or like there's all this clomping upstairs, upstairs and it's keeping him up. And Larry goes up there and Michael J. Fox is like, oh, yeah, I got it. You know, it's it's for circulation. It's for I got to wear the heavy boots, keep my keep my leg strength up type of thing. <laughs> Larry's like, really, really, really? This is this is the thing. Um, but ultimately, it's the last episode of the season and he makes up with Michael J. Fox and Michael J. Fox gives him an olive branch to be like, hey, I'm having this benefit. Uh, you know, it'd be great if you could come and perform type of thing. Oh, when is it? Uh, you know, it's in, it's in two days. Oh, that's terrible. I'm not going to be here. And Larry flees to Paris. So he doesn't have to perform at Michael J. Fox's. Oh my God. It's just when you watch, there was one episode all about like <laughs> getting oral sex while driving that like starts with the inability to open, uh, you know, those clamshell packages. <laughs> oh my God. That you get razors in or something like it starts and ends on that struggle. And it's just like. Basically, his agent ends up crashing his car because his wife tried to <laughs> please him while he was driving. And they're stuck. And Larry's like, oh, my God, I can cut you out. I have an X-Acto knife. Because <laughs> he bought an X-Acto knife so we could cut open these packages. He goes to grab the X-Acto knife. It's in a clamshell package and he can't open it. <gasps> bum, 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 bum. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, for those moments, it's like... When you're just watching how the beats play, when you go back and look at how the beats play out, I don't know. I'm a narrative writer nerd. Like, you know, I like the second he pulled it out and realized he wasn't going to be able to open it. I like literally clapped. I was like, of course, that's like the perfect note to end that on. Um, but you also have to watch Larry David being Larry David, which is a really <laughs> curb is a very hard hang. It's a very distinct type of, of humor that I don't think fits. Definitely doesn't fit Caitlin McKinnon. Maybe some, no, it does not. Maybe the odd YouTube clip, but definitely not as much. As uh, as I've watched. The weird thing is, though, also, then you hear Larry David out in the world. I think I've mentioned this before. I've recognized it in myself sometimes where I've had Larry David moments. 
Anyway. And the only other thing I watched was the thing that uh, we watched for the show. So I guess we'll get into that when we come back from this break. Sound good? Uh, that sounds great. I forgot to mention, though, the whole Jordan Peterson thing. The whole Jordan Peterson? What Jordan Peterson thing? Um, the fact that... Oh, him realizing um, he's the Red Skull? <laughs> yes. Anyway, you know what? We don't even have to talk about it. If you're listening and you're like, that sounds strange and interesting, just look up Jordan Jordan Peterson Red Skull. And it is... Hilarious! It, it was it was a great it was a great uh, Twitter moment of the week when Jordan Peterson took a moment from eating dicks to realize he was the Red Skull. Yeah, it's good times. Google that, friends. When we come back, we're gonna get into some. I pause because that's where the title card would go. <laughs> get into Invincible when we come back from this break. Welcome back to the show. This is the half of the show where we talk about the thing we have brought each other. The thing yes. we have brought one another? Tradi- the thing we've brought. Traditionally, in the past, we would do two things. Something Caitlin brought me and something I brought Caitlin. That takes a long time. Yeah, it does. So we decided we're just going to streamline it a bit. And each week, one of us will bring something for the other to watch. Sometimes, we take recos, which is what happened this week. Yeah. Um, but... We have still have rules. Yes. There always have been and always will be rules. Otherwise, it would be absolute chaos because it's Jordan and I. And chaos is a ladder. It, it, it's true. It is. <laughs> um, and the first rule is the rule of three. That is, if this thing comes in parts, we will watch three of them, which it did, which I hope we have both done. Mm-hmm. The second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. No matter what we think about the show, we will save it until we are in front of these microphones. Yes. And we do that so that you can have the hottest of takes. And actually, this week, it's a pretty hot take. So the show only came out last week. Piping. Fresh out, fresh out the toaster oven. Yeah. Cool, cooling on the sill. We've just been cooling on the sill for a couple of days. I guess you don't leave pie on the sill for a couple no, of days. No, for a couple of days. It's going to be eaten at like, like immediately. Enjoy, enjoy this pigeon-packed take I left on the sill too long for you. Um, the third rule isn't really a rule. Is that uh, It's just a policy. Is that there will be spoilers. We talk about shows pretty in-depth when we do this half. So if you are like, I don't want to know. And in this case... Definitely, you don't want to know unless you're watching it. You should probably go and, I don't know, find a nice nature path to walk along. So, traditionally, like I said, we each of us will bring something in. Technically, I brought this in, but I didn't bring this in. I suggested this to Kate because I was getting just crazy recos about this from a couple people. I knew it had just dropped on Amazon. I knew the property as a comics nerd or a one-time comics nerd or recovering comics nerd. I knew this as a property. I knew, I knew what it was and I had never read a panel of it. I only had a vague familiarity with it. So I was like, why not check that out? And it turned out Kate had already watched it mm-hmm. when I brought it to her. So I was like, cool, I'll watch it and let's talk about it. And that is bird. Buzz <laughs> for the title, Kurt. <laughs> Invincible. 
which is an American adult animated superhero series on Amazon Prime based on the comic book character of the same name by Robert Kirkman, Corey Walker, and Ryan Otley. This premiered on Amazon Prime on March 26, 2021, like two weeks, three weeks ago, y'all. That's how fresh we are right now. Yeah. The premise, Mark Grayson is a normal teenager, except for the fact that his father, Nolan, is the most powerful superhero on the planet. Shortly after his 17th birthday, Mark begins to develop powers of his own and enters into his father's tutelage. Among the cast, we have Stephen Yuen as Mark Grayson, Sandra Oh as his mother, Debbie Grayson, your boy J.K. Simmons as Nolan Grayson slash Omni-Man, is yep. a heroic name. And we also, who else is in here? Zachary Quinto, Gillian Jacobs, Jason Manzukis. I believe those are all of the, John Hamm is in it, oddly enough. I don't know if he's coming back, but <laughs> yep. he was in like three scenes. I don't know enough to know if he's going to become a supervillain later on or some shit. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's the show. Um, I got a very lengthy field report from friend of the show, Kayim Dar, uh, saying that this, he couldn't wait to hear what Kate thought of this show and thought this was immediately taking a place in the Pantheon next to like Young Justice, Avatar, and Korra. Caitlin McKinnon. Yeah. How do you feel about that assessment? Um, uh, complicated. I feel, I feel on the spot. <laughs> complicated about that assessment. I, I really like this show. The violence makes me howl. <laughs> um, which is probably says a lot about my mental health. <laughs> But um, it is doing something interesting, but not uncommon, if that makes any sense. Caitlin? Yeah. This is the best show I've ever seen. This is the best show you've ever seen? That's a phrase that would come out of my mouth if I didn't mm -hmm. know superheroes existed before yesterday. Right. But I do. So this is not a statement that's going to come out of my mouth. You said right. it much more diplomatically, not uncommon. Kate? Yeah. I'm reminded of a tweet by the great Gail Simone. What if Superman, but he's evil? Yeah. What if, Kate? <laughs> um, I frankly feel like I was sold to Bill Goods on this show. <laughs> And this okay. property, I'm sure this was great in 2002 when the comic first came out. Okay, so that's part of the problem. You just, there are too many shows, even right now, that are talking about the same ideas. There are too many violent shows. Oh, see, that I'll are talking get... about the same things. I mean, I'll never get bored of violent shows, but I um, will. And that was my takeaway. I knew the violence was coming. I knew there was a thing at the end of the first episode. I didn't know what it was, right. but I knew there was going to be some graphic violence at the end of the episode. And when it happened, I was just so like, like the boys exist. Like, <laughs> so this is the problem. The boys exist. There's that other show, I think from a comic called... I know Jupiter's Legacy is coming. Yes, but. Jupiter's Legacy. That's the one I was thinking of. Um, there is even like Harley Quinn. Yeah. Deals with like flipping uh, superhero role sort of on its head. Um, and it has the extreme violence. 
Um, I mean, I, I like the show. It's a good show, but I don't think it's, I don't think it's, what did we talk? We talked about this a couple times where there are too many weird shows now. I mean, and you're, it's sort of like, so it, it waters down yes. the drink. Yes. If this came out soon after the comics, it would have been game changing. Yeah. And I mean, like, I, it would I guess... have been like, we've never seen anything like this. That's crazy. But especially the boys, which especially plays with uh, the, you know, Superman character being the bad guy. That is, that is hard. And I mean, it shouldn't, I don't think it will surprise anyone to know that Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg are producers on Invincible and also producers on The Boys. So, yeah, you know, you have that sort of... <laughs> the aesthetic is going to overlap a bit. I get that, you know, superheroes sell in the IP landscape right now. And the Plus has got it on lock. And HBO's got a little bit... You know, the big two are already locked up. For, so for Amazon and Netflix, you got to look other places now mm -hmm. sidebar to news i guess netflix apparently scored a backdoor with sony so things like the spider-verse you know the spider-man movies um or anything that marvel is not necessarily co-producing or touching so like you know any venom sequels spider-verse 2 things like that like those are all gonna netflix gets its hands on those but by and large netflix has got to look to like you know mark miller or the umbrella academy or stuff like that you got to look at image right. and indie books for your for your IP that way. And it really doesn't help Amazon when you have the the boys is great. Like I I love the boys. Yeah. But then they went and got invincible, so now you basically just have two shows doing the same thing. Um mm -hmm. And I do I I do like invincible. Like I I like the plotting, I like the cast. Um I like that there's this you know, there are several different layers of story that the main character is dealing with a lot of the, like, Peter Parker stuff, with, yes. like, being late and having to be absent, but really liking this, you know, this this girl and not being able to tell her about his his identity, his secret identity. And then also, there's these bigger things at play. There's the betrayal of his father. What is his father really doing? Like, all – and this last, the fifth episode – I don't oh, know if the, you watched the fifth it. Out? No, I didn't, get, I didn't get to the fifth yet. I, I watched everything that was available at the time, which was four. I didn't know the fifth dropped. Okay, so I don't want to say anything because it's like, again, there is something that happens that I did not see coming. And uh, I was really like – it was I, – I was delightfully – surprised um so with this show can do good things it's just there are so many superhero shows and so many superhero shows playing with what it means to be a superhero what it means to be part of the pantheon and like this show has lit like ab you know we talk about the boys like who each of the characters is supposed to sort of represent in the dc verse this one literally is like one for one. Oh yes, the the guardians of the original guardians of the globe. Which sorry, the, yeah. again, spoilers coming. The big moment of violence is at the end of episode one. You have established throughout the episode that the guardians of the globe are the Justice League of this world, and yes. they they all play to type. You have everyone there. You have your <laughs> her name's a War Woman for God's sake. Like it's yeah. Um, my my surprise was like even the like. Like, Mr. Martian, I think they call him. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, are they allowed to do that? <laughs> like, <laughs> just, 
Um, they're all grotesquely murdered by Mark's father at the end of the episode. Yeah. And uh, grotesquely or amazingly, <laughs> you decide. Like, listen, I'm, I'm just too desensitized at this point. Like, I'm not, I'm not like, this is the definition of Kewl, K-E-W-L violence to me. Like, I don't like whatever. <gasps> no. Yeah. It, it really was so is. so good. It really is. Um, it doesn't, I mean, it's like, wow, what a juxtaposition of like the colorful comic book world and the violence. Yeah. You know who did that? Alan Moore and Miracle Man in like 1986. Like this has been done. Like we don't need this. Like, do we need this anymore? Like who's this I mean, for? Me? I don't mind it in Harley Quinn and Harley Quinn. I think it's funny because Harley Quinn is not really trying to say anything super deep or, or the things. <laughs> no, she's not. Or the things it's trying to say are like coming from a different place, like whether you're dealing with Harley's trauma or her relationship with the Joker or, you know, it's saying something different than just, you know, Peter Parker plus violence. Like, you know, like the, it works better with the, you know, orig- uh, to me, I guess it works better with the original properties than it does with the, you know, compliments brand, uh, you know, versions of the characters. Right. Um, I will say the voice cast is flawless. This is a gr- it's amazing. This is an amazing cast they've assembled here. Um, and they have done some good tweaks on the representation side of things. I went to look. I don't know if Mark was always half Asian um, in the original comic. I think he was. I don't know if that was a slight tweak or not. Uh, Amber has definitely been tweaked. Amber's voiced by Zazie Beats in the show. And she was just a one of the middle white girl. Uh, this is Mark's first, uh, you know, crush. Um, in the comic, she's just a white girl and in the show they have, uh, tweaked her into a, you know, black girl with a nose ring and just, she's, she's the coolest girl in school and it, it, you know, not like the story suffers for it. Like, it's not that hard, y'all. Um, but yeah, just, if you only have a limited amount of space for your superhero narratives, I don't know that this one merits the, like the bandwidth, like. Hmm. There's so much I don't know that I will make the time to incorporate this one. Like, even, like, I get what it's trying to say about, like, you know, what, you know, why why does Mark want to do this? Does he just want to be like his dad? Or does he just, does he really want to help people? Like, even Falcon and Winter Soldier this week, where the crux is about, you know, the villains have acquired super soldier serum and, like, at one point, Zemo has a conversation with uh, um, Sam about, like, the only people who want that have supremacist tendencies. Like, the only people who would ever seek that right. have supremacist tendencies. That's That one line is more interesting, is a more interesting take on superheroes to me than anything that happens in Invincible. Um, and it's... I can do without the the title card thing fucking made my eye roll every time. Oh, I liked it. Every time. And with the blood splatter, I was like, ooh, K-E-W-L. Uh, I, I really liked it. I think you're being too harsh on it. Uh, maybe I am. Maybe uh, maybe it's just maybe it's just my uh, my involuntary reaction every time something gets hyped to me. <laughs> just always gets may, may, Maybe you're you're just old and, <laughs> and grumpy. Maybe I've also read all this stuff done by better people. Um <laughs> Wow. Like it's it's fine. I'm not going to say I hated it, but it's like if 
if you're watching The Boys and all the Marvel stuff and the Snyder Cut and I don't know, or Preacher, like I don't know that Invincible merits a place in your superhero diet. If you can't get enough, if you just need to like get as much as you can, if you can't go 15 minutes without watching somebody fly, animated or not, then cool. Enjoy. It does that. It does it well enough. I really enjoyed the fifth episode. Um, well, Kate. Yeah. We will revisit this conversation next week after I will watch the fifth episode. Okay. But I swear to God. <laughs> what? Just because you're going to be an if you, old. If you sell me a bill of goods like I am. Dead. I, I haven't told you anything. <laughs> I have said I have enjoyed the fifth episode. I also enjoy the violence. And I enjoy the fun, like, like superhero Spider Man or side of things. Um, and I so enjoy the voice cast. To me, it's one of the best voice casts. They've got everybody. They got Clancy Brown. <laughs> I mean, Clancy Brown's in everything, but they got Mahershal Ali. What? When did he show up? Who's he playing? Uh, he play. He plays. He plays Titan. Uh, they got Mark Hamill. Right? They did get, like, Mark, they did get Mark Hamill. <laughs> and and J.K. Simmons does such a good job. And so does Steven Yeun. Like, you guys are awesome. Sandra Oh does a good job. Like, I'm just really... Do you, I, anyways. Do you think yeah. they got J.K. Simmons because Omni-Man just looks like a super-powered uh, J. Jonah Jameson? <laughs> um, you know what? It's a possibility. <laughs> For the longest... It was like a, fur, a full, like, 20 minutes. I was like, who is that why do i know that voice who is that because like of course i know like i could picture him as certain characters but and once you put them together i was like oh of course but i was like who i don't know he just has such a dad voice i think as well right like no one can berate you like jk simmons i mean um I'll, i'll give the show this much it prompted enough from you know it 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 sprinkles enough mysteries out there. Like I said, Omni Man kills all the kills all the what the hell they call Guardians of the Globe. Yeah, Storebrand Justice League. He kills all of them in the first episode, very graphically. Which and you're like, why has he done this? And you can come up with lots of theories, but there's still an underlying why has he done this? And I cared enough about that to know that I will probably not hang with five seasons of this show, but I'll go no. on Wikipedia for forty minutes, like. Yeah. That's what I did. I went on Wikipedia. I'm all caught up. Oh, Jordan. So maybe that fifth episode ain't going to really tell me much, but. No, probably not. I, I know. I know they've already shifted some things around um, from the comics. I know Kirkman has said the um, Omni-Man's big, you know, smashing of the Guardians comes in like issue seven of the comics. Um, right. Whereas here it's like literally the end of the first episode, which. I always have to point out, it wasn't a direct violation of <laughs> Rule 2. It's the only thing I'll ever call out. The only thing worse than an hour-long live-action show. It's an hour-long animated show. And here's the thing, and this is, I think, a real indication. Didn't even realize it was 45 minutes to an hour. Did not realize it. Yeah. I was like, really? I thought it was only like half an hour. Yeah, I felt it. So that that is a very good indication of whether or not... You are a grumpy old man named Jordan who doesn't like comic book stuff. <laughs> I got my own Larry David, and it's just like, I, I don't think nothing needs to be that long. 
don't really think it needs yeah. to be that long. I think you should be able to tell in a half an hour an episode. I think you should be able to do half yeah. an hour. Half an hour. That's like it's like the perfect. It's the sweet spot. Twenty five minutes. Um, but conversely, as much as I sound like lukewarm about Falcon and Winwin, I don't notice that forty five minutes. Like there's there's levels to this shit, and this is fine. And if you've never seen a violent superhero story before, you'll probably love it. You'll probably think it's the best thing you've ever seen. Yeah. But if this has crossed your path at any point in the past, like, 20 years, you're going to be like, yeah, okay. I don't care how much Run the Jewels you put on the soundtrack. (laughs) Everything is always improved by putting Run the Jewels on the soundtrack, but... You don't even care. Don't even care. It just makes me want to go listen to Run the Jewels. (laughs) makes me want to turn off the episode and go put on (laughs) Run the Jewels. Okay, so, again, another indication... (laughs) If you find yourself watching something and you go, hey, I love that song. I don't want to watch this anymore. I just want to play the song. That is probably an indication that you're not going to enjoy the fifth episode. It it sprinkles enough in there that literally if I have watched everything else in my YouTube homepage, it's not offering me any suggestions I haven't seen before. If there's no new fan subs on the, uh, you know, Bandori TV uh, (laughs) fan sub channel and I just need something in the background, Mabes. I want to know what Robot's up to. Yeah, me too. What are you up to, Robot? Um, I believe the one thing, and it's so juvenile, but I mean, the one thing I enjoyed was, yeah, of course you do that with Duplicate. <laughs> That's the whole appeal. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really fucked up. Um, yeah, and I, like Kata said, you can't undersell how good the cast is, and that's really... Yeah. I don't, that's, that's that, that's that Amazon money right there is a full, I would not expect Sandra Oh to be doing like voice work on a cartoon at this point in her life, but I mean, Hey, hey. shouts, shouts to it. Um, um go ahead. also in that, that stream of like, there's, there is a lot of superhero content right now and superhero content that's doing a lot of the same things. Uh, Jupiter's legacy Here's an indication if I know something is not going to be as good as I want it to. If your beard looks bad, that beard. If your fake bad. that beard looks. If bad. your fake beard looks real bad, I'm not in. I'm out. Uh, also, you know who wrote Jupiter's Legacy? No, I don't. Mark Miller. <sighs> so many strikes against. So it. so goodbye. Um, honestly, here's the. This is the one thought I had watching Invincible. It made me miss my hero academia. <laughs> no. And I didn't even finish my hero academia, but it made me think I should be finishing my hero academia. And now my hero academia is like flagrantly just ripping off Western comics left and right. Yeah. It's a superhero school. That's all it is. Everybody has a superpower mm-hmm. and they go to school to learn how to use them. But just like, you know, the you have girls with headphone jacks that come out of your ears or like, you know, the best genus is just covered in denim and like throw ties people up in threads. Like that's already more interesting to me than, you know, compliments brand justice league, but it's not a bad show. And Caitlin's right. I am being super hard on it because it was just trying its best. <laughs> just doing its best. <laughs> but again, doing its best is throwing a bunch of violence and it's like, you know, a five-year-old putting on his dad's shoes. Like it's just, I'm a big boy. You're trying to pass for something you're not there. And I don't, and Kaim and I got into this over messenger a little bit and he's coming at it from somebody who read the comics and like knows the whole journey that Mark goes on. And I'm sure if you look back and even reading Wikipedia summaries, I was like, 
okay, yeah, you know, there's clearly like some change that goes on here and it becomes a very big story going forward. Um, but yeah, I'm an hour of my life every week. You have spent an hour of your life on so many bullshit things. Yeah, which which means I don't have many hours left for things like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, a, it's so a seven. It's I'm surprised it's a seven. It's an eight for me. That's not that much distance between. If you want something okay, to watch, fine. It's but a you six. can also like, oh my god, no, you can't change it. <laughs> not allowed. If you want something to watch that's fun and ultraviolet. There you go. Watch Harley it's Quinn. It's a show for you. And when you finish Harley Quinn, then you can watch When this. you finish Harley Quinn and you're waiting for the third season of Harley Quinn, as I am doing, watch this. Like Kate said, it's doing, it's doing its best. And maybe the sort of violence it's serving up, you haven't liked in other formats. Maybe you don't like the boys because maybe you think that violence is too realistic and you don't like it. Maybe you prefer that sort of story in an animated format. Perhaps. Maybe you want that story told from... You know, the eyes of a super from somebody in the world of super heroics instead of like these outsiders that are trying to like keep them in check and bring them down. I don't know. The boys is always MVP for blowing up a whale. So, I mean, that's <laughs> <laughs> nothing, but nothing will ever be able to compete with that for you. So, <laughs> Hall of Fame status for, for the boys for blowing up a whale. Uh, anyway, like we said, that is currently on your Amazon Primes. It is dropping weekly, apparently, which I did not realize. Uh, the first three dropped uh, on. Immediately, four. the first four dropped. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, we're up to five, and it'll be dribbled out weekly for the remainder of the season. Um, hey, uh, I wish them well. Maybe, maybe when we're in lockdown four, and I've watched uh, everything else, then we'll. <laughs> and I'm still waiting uh, on my vaccine, despite living in a hot spot. Maybe I'll finish the season then. I love that everyone else is like uh, lockdown number three, and I'm like, you mean. Still lockdown number one. Caitlin never left lockdown number one. And that's where she's going right back to it. Friends, if you think I'm insane, if you think this is the best thing you've ever seen, if you think it deserves a place on the pantheon of adult-ish animation with Young Justice and Korra and Avatar, you want to tell me I'm stupid, which I know some of you do, you can hit me up on Twitter.com at GeekDownPod. That is where I will be waiting diligently for you to tell me I'm wrong. Caitlin can't do it all the time. Some of you have to pick up the slack. Seriously, guys. <laughs> and I it takes a village. <laughs> it takes an entire <laughs> village to tell me how dumb I am. <laughs> so, someone cute and Caitlin can't do it all by themselves. Yeah. Give them a break, for God's sake. Uh, we're going to take a break right now. A seven-day-long break. We thank you so much for spending your time with us every week. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And I hope you will join us next week for another fantastic episode of Geek Down Podcast. There's a hot dog plate.